Thank you, Jairo. You know this microphone? Thank you so much for letting me know. This microphone, it turns off sometimes with a computer. So thank you for letting me know. I hope now you can hear us. Is it better? So welcome to Kardec Radio, friends. Welcome to Lifting Hope. Thank you, thank you. Lifting Hope. Today, we're talking about the importance of self-knowledge. Think about it. We are here on Earth, and life is about not only acquisition of virtues, knowledge, and experiences, but we, to acquire them, we need to go through tests. We need to go through challenges, like a school. In any school, we need to go through tests. It's not enough to sit down, listen to the teacher, read books, do exercises and homework. There are days in which we're going to be called to be tested. And we need to stay strong, knowing that that shall pass. Hard, huh? It is hard. But we know that everything passes. And problems come, invite us to the new that we don't know. And if we learn it, we move on to the next phase of our lives. Right? So welcome to Kardec Radio today, friends. Welcome, Carol Correa. Welcome, John the Rosa. Welcome, Jailton. Welcome, Rihanna. Welcome, Sol Souza. Welcome, Sunshine. Welcome, Teresa Castro. Welcome, welcome, friends. Welcome, Alice, Alan Swift. Tony Torres. Welcome here to Kardec Radio. Raquel Bakeshi. Thank you for joining us. As well, welcome, Paula. Big hug to you. And of course, if I haven't said your name and you're around, because I see other people too, and you want to say something, write it out. Remember, we're in this classroom together, learning together. This book, I didn't write this book, so I'm learning as much as you are. And this book, Memoir of a Suicide, is the book of hope from beginning to end, because it shows to us that... We are never doomed to hell. Hell is a state of mind that may happen even here on earth when there is no certainty to the end of suffering, right? Today, we're beginning a new chapter. This new chapter, hello, Raquel Villiers, hello, Patty Suarez, Gerval Silva, hello, friends, welcome to Kardec Radio. We are here studying today chapter... 18 of the book Memoirs of a Suicide. Okay, this, this chapter of the book is titled Man Know Thyself. Where are Camilo Castelo Branco, Belarmino, João de Azevedo? Where are they? They are at the university sector, they are taking courses. They will spend years in this initiation of the spiritual sciences. We have learned that there are many subjects. And 
they have come from a beautiful course with Anibo, who met Jesus when he was young. And he was teaching about Jesus in a most tangible way, like 3D. They could see the scenes, they could feel the moments of Jesus' passages. Finally, they understood why Jesus came to the earth. Friends, we need guidance. We need consolation. So here is a question to us. When the spirits say that Jesus is our guiding model, do you observe and realize that you need a model? Do you observe that you need a model? Because we can only follow a guide and emulate this guide in, in what he's modeling if we think we need it. Let's say you're traveling to a country and you say, I don't need a guide. I'll be my own guide. Yeah, you may. But you know, there are people who are knowledgeable about it. Why are you going to bump your head on things you don't know? There are things that, culturally speaking, you only know if you live there, if you're there. Oh, you can read about it. You can prepare yourself. It's not the same. So a guide, somebody who knows the area, will potentially facilitate it. You're going to suffer less. You're going to take the most of it, right? And a model. It's not enough. He doesn't say go there. He says, go there in this way. And he does it. He goes together. So when you have to do it, not only you take the direction, but you know how else to take those steps and get to that achievement. So he's a model for us. He's not only somebody who says, go there, do this. And you're saying, like, how do I do it? He says, come with me. That's why he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Meaning, if you come with me, this is the way. As simple as that. But we are not there yet. And that's the chapter. We are going to study that. Anibal showed our guiding model in its purity and simplicity. Now, we need another teacher, Epaminondas. Ay, 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 it's a different course. Are you ready for this course? Are you ready? Yes? John DeRosa is saying, Jesus is our tour guide to the afterlife, to our lives here, right, John? Thank you. Hello, Silvio Otero. Big hug to you here. He begins this chapter by saying, Two years after having begun the course on Christian morality, we began one course that dealt with the fundamentals of universal science by means of profound studies and analysis that were as painful as they were sublime. These analyses included 
the need to study ourselves, learning to know ourselves intimately. <gasps> My goodness. And we think it's a piece of cake, huh? It is not. Mm -mm. It is not. And we'll see it. There is a case in this chapter. We will see that this meticulous personal examination were done in terrifying detail to confront our pride and vanity, the harmful passions that had contributed to our fall into the abyss. Stop, stop, stop. Because this is not about Camilo, Belarmino. It's about ourselves. Because we know, we know that we have pride and vanity, selfishness, and we're blind to it. Like the good spirits who came to the SSVA one evening and said, blind spots, we, we don't see our shortcomings as clearly as other people who look at us. And they can look at us and say, oh, and we look at ourselves in the mirror and say, ah, and we are like blind to our own shortcomings. When we are incarnated, we defend ourselves too much. But when we're discarnated, it's no different. We'll see in this chapter. It's about the level of maturity. Mm -hmm. You know, you, you can tell that few are the people who would take a course like this. He says, study ourselves thoroughly, thoroughly to confront pride, passion, harmful passions, vanity. Would you take that course? It's not easy. You see? But if we decide to do this here, it's going to pay off. And you may be asking, how do I do it? You see. You see. So they had the opportunity to dissect not only the character, the conscience, and the soul of one another, okay? But also they gave invaluable knowledge of the human soul. The professor of this magnificent course was the Venerable Epaminondas de Vigo, a spirit whose rigor of conduct, unassailable virtues, and inexhaustible energy infused us not only with reverence, but a feeling of true fear. In his presence, we felt stripped of the disguises of any mitigating factors invented by conciliatory sophisms He's talking about masks. The shameful weight of our inferiority and the humiliation of the uncomf uncomfortable situation of being responsible for our degrading wrongdoings. We were thoroughly aware of the fact that we were but rebels whose fully obligated selfless workers of the spirit world to make constant sacrifices in order to lift us out of the darkness into which we had plunged headlong. The professor helped us examine our conscience 
leading it to unfold itself to remotest memories of our past series of earthly migrations. When he scrutinized our soul, piercing it with scintillating gaze of psychic forces that felt like assaults of irresistible energies, profound upheaval shook the folds of our being and afflictive desires to flee both him and ourselves maddened our senses. And of course, he compares the course with Anibal about Jesus and the hope and now Epaminondas. But you need both courses or we won't progress. That's what he says. However, such classes were as necessary for our psychical development as those taught by Anibal. In fact, they were their continuation as we will explain later. He talks about other courses, for example, a third course in which they had practical applications in their daily lives of the values that they were studying and the observations. On Sundays, they would rest and they would mingle with friends. They would um, um, even visit other hospitals, etc. But before we go there, I want to go straight to the main slogan of Epaminondas' course. Men, myself, imagine if you enter a classroom, as he's saying, and it says there, know yourself. Okay? On earth, we are not mature enough to get to that level. Right? Are we? No. We don't want anybody to help us see our shortcomings. We don't like it. But here, in the book Memoirs of a Suicide, it's reinforcing to us, and I will open the Spirit's book, to show to us that the Memoirs of a Suicide book is precisely a book that expands the teachings of Kardec. And I'll tell you precise because I can't recall it. The question. Okay. Okay. Question 919. Kardec asked in the Spirit's book, 919, what is the most effective means for improving ourselves in this life and for resisting the draw of evil? Improving ourselves and effectively, right? Productively and resisting the wrongdoings. The answer, a sage of antiquity has told you, know thyself. So we need to know who we are. We need to know who we are. It's inevitable. We need to know who we are. And here, in this chapter 18 of the book Memoirs of Suicide, we have the living proof that self-knowledge can save our lives. Now we have to share something that is very important. And Mito Joseph says, 
we have to say, to repeat these things and share it all the time. For us parents and educators, we need to help our children in that self-knowledge since the very early years of life. When they say, ah, oh, this homework is too hard. Do you want me to give a name to this? That's laziness. Do, in previous lives, we didn't have schools like the ones we have now. But in this life, God wants us to go to the schools and do this. And our goal is to make effort because we're not going to create new muscles and be strong if we only do the easy things. We have to love the hard ones. Vanessa, is that possible to really love the challenges and the tests and the exams? I think so. But that doesn't mean we are going to do it easily. It means we are going to apply ourselves with greater intention. It's hard, but we're going to say, well, if God believes that this is the best for me now, I will trust in him that this situation, this circumstance is the best for me to educate myself. And if I doubt it, I can ask the good spirits to take me to the spiritual realm while I am incarnated and do a quick refresh of previous lives to prove to us that there are reasons why we need the current scenario. In this book, that's one of the techniques that they use in the spiritual realm for incarnates and discarnates. They can take us from this. Remember the chapter that talked about the parents who didn't want to be parents of the suicides. They brought them during sleep time and said, okay, you, you don't want this? Okay, let me show you the previous life. And they were like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. No, that's what it is. Observe it. You need it for your own redemption. It's not punishment. It's to secure your progress. This is the best educational method to make sure that you go back to your inner alignment, inner balancing. That doesn't mean we're not going to cry. Mother Mary, who is Mother Mary, when she saw the struggles of her son, people murdering him. Did she cry? Yes. Was she sad? Yes. Did she go desperate? No. She surrendered, but she cried. But she felt sad. So, Expressing our emotions for the moment is fine, as long as we are not defined by them. I can be sad 
I can, I may need some time to organize myself, but then I won't give up. Will you? Chapter 64 of the book Our Daily Bread by Emilio says, um, we better suffer doing the good. Because he says, what a rational mind, Emmanuel says. Some people are afraid of doing the good because of the challenges of the way. The retaliations, the incomprehensions, the difficult scenarios, the challenges. But he said, well, if we stay in evil pathways, we'll also pay a high price for it. Not doing the good has its price as well, and it's even worse, more afflictive. So what do you prefer? To be tired and to be uh, misunderstood doing the good or doing evil? So he says, let us put all of our efforts in helping Jesus. All of our energies, he says, in helping Jesus in his works. It's worthwhile suffering for the good because we will go through afflictions either way. It's a choice, doing the good or not doing the good. There are people who are afraid of doing the good because of persecutions, misunderstandings, challenges, and problems. But what's worse, to be afflicted not doing the good or be afflicted while doing the good? He says, at the end of the day, the balance will be different. Okay? So it pays off to make an effort and get to know who we are. He said, our knowledge continued to expand as such gatherings we were able to garner notions of classical arts, transcendental classical art. And he says, um, learning notions as means of serving God and creation that is utilizing the beautiful we must emphasize the fact that besides being scientists, our masters were also aesthetes, enamored of the supreme beauty that originates in the sempiternal artist, God. Okay, so in one of the enchanting palaces of Academic Avenue was the School of Sciences of Hope City University. It talks about the architecture and it talks about the knowledge in Epaminondas classroom. And he says to us here that Epaminondas stood up and for the first time they could hear his voice. He was energetic, he was positive, he was intrepid, he was commending the words of the new master who in the past had been burned at stake because of his love for the lofty principles of truth, expanded throughout the immense hall, vibrating under the domes above, imprinting themselves on the folds of our soul and awakening our faculties for new moral 
mental, intellectual, and spiritual conquests. Okay? But he was modest, he was venerable, he had a long beard, and his clothes had immaculate whiteness, very luminous. <clears throat> he began explaining that it had been necessary for us to first learn the moral teachings containing the gospel of the Redeemer, so that in the enchantment of his redemptive words, we could acquire sufficient criteria to obtain further knowledge later. Without this moral re-education, aha, that's what we're talking about, moral re-education, further enlightenment would be fruitless, maybe even harmful. What does he mean? We need reference. So Jesus' gospel is our north. If we know the north, we can educate ourselves. So the expression here is moral re-education. Let us keep that in mind. That's why you and I are also incarnated. To educate ourselves and re-educate ourselves in issues that we missed at the moral level. Kardec, in question and answer 685 of the Spirit Book, in his own comments, he talks about the need for moral education. We need to acquire new habits to become anew. Without new habits, we won't be able to change. Moral re-education. Okay, so the divine morality of Jesus Christ, however, had somehow in those two years cleansed our mind and therefore our character from such vileness congesting our faculties and had predisposed ourselves so that we could now proceed with a course that would qualify us for decisive moral uplifting. Isn't this hope? They are there being trained to be better, to be better, lifting up the hope. Aha, uh -huh. that was only, that was why only now were we able to come in contact with him and Paminondas. Under his guidance, we would take a light, brief introductory, so to speak, course on universal science in ancient times called the secret doctrine and only taught to very strong and enlightened minds that were thus enabled by the virtues they demonstrated to grasp the mysteries of a divine order. Now, I want to share with you. Epaminonda said it was urgent to assist with the regeneration of humankind because among the incarnates and discarnates of the earth, a rigorous selection process was imminent on the part of divine providence, for the planet was nearing its time of transition. And those who had been persistently incorrigible for the last 2,000 years would be exiled to more primitive worlds, that the earth would be home only to the meek, and the peacemakers, 
those of goodwill, so that the age of progress proclaimed by the Master of Galilee, presided over by the fraternal socialism instituted in the golden codes of his doctrine. So these teachers are working hard with you and I and all of us to make sure that we march steadily toward our regeneration because the time clock is ticking. It's saying, time is up, time is up, time is up. Come on, come on, come on. We can no longer afford falling behind. The planet is evolving. Today, we had Malala and Greta Thunberg meeting. These are people of the new world who care for people, for the planet. There are people who are aligned with that mentality, which is of the world of regeneration, doing the good, forgetting themselves to do the good. Now, there are people who are like, no, we still want to work with fossil fuels. We still want to work with this and that and the other. We're not going to change. We're making profit. Forget about it. This is nonsense. These people, in their selfishness, their time on earth is coming up. Who knows if they will stay here or the next planet. The problem is, if we get to be transferred. Because we think only super duper criminals go there. What is crime? Doesn't exist super duper criminal. Criminal is a criminal. And as Chico Xavier said once visiting a prison, the difference between those who are in jail and those who are not, hmm? because they were discovered. So, before the eyes of God, we all are. Oh, Vanessa, please don't say this, I'll be sad. We're not judging anybody, we're just saying that's the status of ourselves on earth. And it is on us to surrender to our self-knowledge so we can move forward. Here there is an example of how this course by Epaminondas go on. He shows the history almost like uh, as if we were reading the book on the way to the light. This chapter in a certain part is a great summary of what we're going to see in Emmanuel's book on the way to the light by Chico Xavier the civilizations, the prehistoric time, etc., etc., everything. Showing to us, contextualizing ourselves in the planet and our own evolution in this planet and the amount of work by Jesus and his team to make this happen for us in the name of God. In, Camilo says, it was an astounding book, immense, magnificent, the divine epic of creation, 
playing a few chords of its immortal symphony through the infinity of time, the eternity of things. In that book, we learn the ABCs of initiation gradually and patiently, at times enraptured to elation while at others bathed in fearful tears but always avid and enchanted, eager for more knowledge and lamenting more than ever our diminutive capacity as suicides which did not allow us to see even a third of the sublime plan offered by nature. An indescribable parade of the periods of infant creation passed before our eyes. So, he's talking about Epaminondas, since the goal is to know ourselves, we need to know ourselves in the context. When we see the history of humanity, we are also seeing ourselves there. Do you recognize yourself in certain eras, eras of uh, history on earth? Because who was there? You and I. Who made that history? Somebody else? No, we did too. And we are here today. Why are we going through this now? So he talks about the evolution of the species. And he said, we studied that astonishing book every day for years, years. Its intensity and magnificence often brought on vertigo, causing us to become sick and in need of recouping our mental energies by visiting the clinicians in charge of our care. In fact, Epaminondas himself was one of those most dedicated to our recovery. Even today, before once more studied at that stage of the earth that we had come to know from its very birth, we can only say that we have not yet really learned much, that we have barely spelled out the first letter of the earthly material plane. Okay. But how were Epaminondas and his assistants able to teach such classes, making visible in the present what the millennia had devoured in the past? Right? They were able to because we all live in eternity. We're citizens of the infinite and for infinity and for eternity what exists is the present moment without sunsets, without lapses. Eternity lives within the present because that is exactly what it is. Epaminondas extracted the magnificent matter for the classes from the luminous waves of the invisible ether, that is, from the archives of the infinite, infinite and the sacred storehouses of eternity. Eternalized images were taken from the vibrational waves of the luminous ether. The reproduction of what had happened on the earth since its creation had been stored, photographed, and impressed on the vibrations of light, like the backdrop of a fragile soap bubble. These images were selected by the ma mages of the transcendental science etc etc imagine if nasa scientists knew about this huh? mm, they will get to know 
What a shortcut, huh? <laughs> right? And he says, I cannot fail to mention the sublime spectacle of the harmonious evolution of the heavenly bodies, which was part of our studies. This time, however, our classes were no longer restricted to the classroom. They entailed excursions in outer space, traveling throughout the infinite like students on a field trip, almost like the cartoon Magic School Bus. Can you imagine? Have you watched it? Magic School Bus? Go to YouTube, Netflix, and you see the beautiful things that they do. It's almost like what he's describing here. They take those things and go out in space, back in time, and they become big and small depending on what they need, and they really study it. That cartoon is portraying pretty much what they can do in the spiritual realm. Our very limited abilities, however, did not allow us the fantastic contemplation of the stellar worlds in all their astonishing grandeur. Solely for the purposes of stimulation, we were allowed to experience a more or less approximate vision of that resplendent grandeur by means of devices that were adequate for the insights of astronomy, of which we had but a pallid idea. Etc., etc. And you may be asking, Vanessa, but what is this to do with self-knowledge, right? Because it's about us in the universe. We need to contextualize. We're not like a solitary individual being in the world, in the universe. In order to become familiar with certain particularities of the human personality, we went with our masters on field trips. Surya Omar was the instructor for this new modality, accompanied by lucid and equally knowledgeable assistants. We visited hospitals, and like medical students, we observed the constitution of the very spirited of brothers and sisters still connected to the physical bodies. We're also assisted by Brother Teocrito and friends, the doctors Roberto and Carlos de Canalejas. For many years, we periodically went down to the earth to spend a few hours in hospitals and healthcare facilities studying the phenomena of the emancipation of the soul. We also visited private homes and even prisons, waiting for those sentenced to death, because we had to enrich our minds by analyzing all forms of the phenomenon of the separation of the spirit from its temporary physical envelope. And then they're studying and studying these experiences reached their peak when we had to observe also the premature separation of the souls from their physical bodies as a result of suicide. So they are in a course in which they have to do internships and really go to the field to observe and to help. They even joined the caravans to the Valley of Suicides, where they once were. Compassionately, we would try to converse with them, encouraging and consoling them. 
But we were not heard. We were nameless passers-by. Hence, we discovered that during our stay there long ago, we too had been benevolently assisted without ever even suspecting it. Pause. We're here. And we think we're alone. And there are many spirits who visit us, who are, who are with us day and night to help us, to support us, to protect us. And we don't realize it. It happens to us. What do we need to do? Not to take it for granted and to expand our perception. You may be asking, right? Hopefully, we're all asking this question. Because it's a question that we need to ask. What can we do? Attune with them. We need to pray more often, to retreat, to meditate. Because if we spend the whole day on our cell phones, paying attention to material life, we won't hear it. We need to tune out of this world to tune in. Literally tune into that vibration. It's a channel, a frequency. How do we do it? Through prayer, through meditation. Disconnecting a little bit from the, the connections of the world will be ever more productive because we're going to be able to understand many things without, without which we wouldn't be as secure and productive. So it's a lesson for us today to absorb, to observe ourselves and see how much more disconnection from the daily worries and connection with the true priorities so we can fulfill our tasks here more efficiently okay they were even furnished with albums notebooks books glistening like stardust they were taught to use complex devices probably like computers right and he said here, they had uh, classes in which they, they could learn all these projects, hence the creation of my novels and the desire to dictate them to mediums because during our practical classes, we had permission to do such things provided the works were approved by our supervisors. We did not have to be writers to undertake such endeavors since the learning from our mentors educated our sentiments, balancing our mind in such a way as to be able to serve the truth that surrounded us. So, the subjects that they had to learn were planetary genesis, evolution of the being, immortality of the soul, threefold human nature, faculties of the soul, law of successive existences in physical bodies or reincarnation, Physical, magnet, physical medicine, magnetism, 
Christian morality, psychology, earthly civilizations. These classes were alternated with classes on the gospel and were closely related to them. Okay. Now, okay. On the very first day of class, Epaminondas said, no attempt at moral elevation will ever be effective if we remain, remain prisoners of self-ignorance. It is absolutely crucial for us to first find out who we are, where we have come from, and where we are going in order to convince ourselves of the worth of our own personality and thus devote ourselves to its moral elevation, devoting all consideration and the utmost esteem to ourselves. Okay? So he says, if you walk, if you have walked blindly through the stages of earthly migrations, going round and round in vicious circle, circle with no knowledge or virtues that would induce you to progress, you wouldn't get anywhere. So at some point, <laughs> he called one of the students in the classroom who was of suicide, a Brazilian of Roman descent named Amadeu Ferrari. He was from Sao Paulo. He committed suicide at the age 37 because he wanted to escape prison due to uncertain, certain imprudent acts and due to a cancer that started eating his throat. Epaminonda called him, Epaminondas called him and said, what's your name, my dear disciple? And then everybody was shook up. They were afraid. Oh my gosh, here we come. And he said who he was. Epaminondas looked at him and said, remember that the Lord of Nazareth, whom you are now invoking, is the great master that inspires us. And it is under his auspices that we are ministering the sacred teachings that will elevate your spirits. So your name, and the man said, Amadeu Ferrari, where did you live before coming here? In the city of X in Brazil. Why did you try to evade your destiny? Da -da 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 -da. And then, oh, luckily, sir, it was only a nightmare, a passing madness. I wasn't able to kill myself. I am alive, alive. Praise the Lord. The teacher said, I'll ask you again, Abadeu Ferrari. Why did you want to vanish from yourself and others? Da -da -dee, da -da -da. Sir, actually, I got depressed. Well, but do I have to answer in front of all these people? Is this a courtroom or something? And the teacher replied, yes, indeed, there is a courtroom. And you all have to face it. It's your own conscience, which has begun to awaken from the long lethargy that has kept it bound to the most deplorable thoughtlessness for centuries. And he keeps saying it. But sir, poverty, illness, discouragement were the cause. I committed a grave wrong when faced with such painful circumstances. I had no other recourse but to do what I did, prison my illness. And did that act, suicide, wash away the blemish that had contaminated you? 
Oh no, I was unable to avoid responsibility for the crimes I committed. I feel disgraced for having embezzled funds. And then he talks about that. You will get it, Amadeu. It is imperative that we do, you do. So Epaminondas sees that Amadeu Ferrari, he understands the wrong he did as a suicide, but he's still justifying it. Like, but look at Mercy Gustans. But, 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 and aren't we not like this? But, but, but. So Epaminondas in his course, he takes two assistants and they place the Amadeo Ferrari in front of mirrored screens. Everybody was quiet. Epaminondas then looks at Amadeo Ferrari and says, pay close attention. Your brother's story is your story. His failures are the failures of all humanity in its daily struggles with its passions. For that very reason, you are not to comment on what you are about to see. Just observe the example of the lesson, extract the necessary meaning and apply it to yourselves. So Amadeu Ferrari started seeing, going back in time, that he was in the year 1840, a slave owner. Actually, he was a trafficker of black slaves from Angola to Brazil. He was from Portugal. And by means of serious travels, he enriched himself in this terrible trade. He inflicted terrible torments to the slaves mm -hmm. and here describes the horrible things he'd done when he's watching it just one life he looks and says have pity on me lord he cried out in expressions of pain and repentance repeating in front of the vast assembly the vehement plea that had been the cause of expiatory existence. I am a disgrace and a wretch. And he says, please help me. <clears throat> and he says, I need to reincarnate. And Epaminondas says, yes, you're right. Reincarnation is a blessed opportunity for the guilty to redeem themselves. You must endure poverty, cancer, perjury, but they will be even worse due to the evils that you accumulated by your having committed suicide because you did not want to submit to them. But don't kid yourself. It will take more than just one expiatory reincarnation to redeem the drones that we are recalling about. I know it's intense and I apologize if we have to share this much, but Kardec Radio is here to talk about the way, the truth, and the life. As Epaminondas, the teacher said, the story of Amadeo Ferrari is ours in so many ways. Because none of us on earth are here because we 
need to go to the beach and have a beach house in a mountain house in a beautiful job in a cute family i'm sorry but this is not the purpose of our lives we're not here for that we're here to become less selfish less proud of ourselves and dedicate our time to the benefit of others until then we will suffer and suffer and if we need to reincarnate many times to readjust we will Amadeo Ferrari learned that when he discarnated in that life of the 19th century as a slave owner and trafficker he was obsessed and enslaved by those whom he enslaved and who were angry at him until one day he prayed and he was rescued by one of his former slaves named Felicio and we've come to know the Felicio though one of his slaves forgave him because in the ancient Rome times Felicio himself was a man who was cruel who also had slaves so almost like 19 centuries later he subjects himself to a circumstance in which he is going to end up into slavery but he's also facing someone who was a son to him in a previous life why are we sharing this because in this book it shows to us it shows to us that none of the people we meet is by chance that we need to strive to demand less from one another and give more of ourselves because if we could right now sit with master epaminondas and see our previous lives we probably would ask jesus to send us to another planet we wouldn't even feel deserving of being this planet but yes, I don't like that guilt that I'm feeling right now. Don't feel it. Let us not work on guilt. Let's take responsibility. Say, like Saul of Tarsus, yes, I made a mistake. I want to correct myself. That's it. Let us just allow ourselves to be re-educated. Today, our homework is to tell ourselves in the next 24 hours I accept the educational lessons that life is giving to me. I accept the educational lessons that life is giving to me. I accept the educational lessons that life is giving to me. We're not going to escape. If God thinks we're strong enough to go through it, let's stay together and go through it. Okay? Fear is not going to lead us to any good. It is the faith that we are only going through the tests that we are ready 
to pass. You ready to pass the test? Yes, we are. I know we are. I know we are. Yes, yes, we are going to go through this. So let us now play the Ave Maria. I'm just going to play it here. And as we listen to it, let us join forces, frequency, in that attunement with Mother Mary's team. Let us hope that we can join in and partake in this beautiful effort because there are many people who are suffering as we speak immensely, much more than we are. If you say, but yes, I am too. Who amongst us is not, right? But think about the people who are suffering and don't know what we know. It's even harder, right? Ready? Let us go. Let us pray. Visualizing Mother Mary with us. <clears throat> Let us visualize Mother Mary Her beautiful and loving smile She understands us She cares for all of us Let us observe that she treats us kindly and envelops us in her blanket of healing light. It's warm and it balances, balances us. Let us also visualize Visualize the legion of servants of Mother Mary and her in their caravans to the Valley of Suicides as we wish that they are comforted by the envelopment of her healing and warm blanket as her team of servants, the guards, rescue those who are prepared for the next step in their rehabilitation. And we right now pray for those who are desperate on earth, the incarnates, who are going through difficulties they cannot sort out. Let us visualize Mother Mary's sky blue blanket of healing light enveloping them and she kindly whispering to them, my dear child, this shall pass. My dear child, this shall pass. My dear child, this shall pass. 
and she feels the love and compassion for all. They feel more serene and more hopeful knowing they are not alone. New solutions will be presented themselves. Mother Mary, we express our gratitude to you. Thank you for giving us of your presence, of your protection and inspiration. And we pray for those who are in the greatest needs on earth, that they may be sustained by you. May we stay under your inspiration today and always, and so be it. Friends, as we lift up our hopes, let us work on ourselves, shall we? And accept the educational lessons that God is giving to us. After all, we're not alone. We have friends in the incarnate realm level. And in the discarnate, we have all the more the wonderful friends, right? Thank you, dear friends. Thank you, sunshine, for reminding us of St. Augustine's beautiful technique of self-knowledge when we go to sleep and revisit our days. Thank you, Silvio Otero, for your loving kindness. Thank you, friends. Until tomorrow, God willing, always here at Kardec Radio, nourishing our souls. Thank you, friends.